You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. So schooling was always kind of a, a weird, a weird thing. The, the stop, the stopping and going, and, and different things like that. I'll tell you that the middle school dance was really weird, um, but I had a lot of fun. You know, I was just over there. Just, hey, you come here often? No, not really. But you know, but you know, we just had fun. We 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 were homeschooled. And I know that a lot of y'all are going back to school today, and uh, and so over this last week, and so the title of my sermon is called Back to School. Back to School, I've been in school, it feels like my entire life, I keep trying to get away from it, um, and God keeps uh, opening doors that I just keep stumbling into, and why am I wearing a backpack again? How am I back at this dance? Why are you here? Um, And we just homeschooled, went to high school public high school, ninth through 12th grade, went to college for four years, got my bachelor's there, then went to Bible school for two years, left Bible school, start, started helping out a church in Louisiana, and the church says, well, we can't pay you, we'd love to have you, but we do have a job for you, it's teaching a high school. I said, oh, great, that's awesome, I love school, that I would love to teach it, so I teach, I taught high school, I teached it, so I was real good, I was a real good teach, teacher. Um, I taught 6th through 8th uh, Bible, I taught 9th uh, grade Bible, I taught 10th through 12th grade Bible, uh, I taught ninth grade English, I taught ninth grade history, and then I taught 8th grade physical science. You want to talk about feeling real insecure is uh, trying to teach somebody physical science. It's not good on the science uh, side of schooling. Uh, my brother, older brother, is a pharmacist. He has a double major in uh, chemistry and physics. I did not get blessed with that. Um, then I decided uh, after we left Louisiana, we went to uh, Dallas, Texas to McKinney, and uh, we started serving at that church there. And Pastor Eric came up to me and said, hey, we have a school there. Uh, why don't you teach Bible school for us with uh, Life Christian University? I said, perfect. You know what? I love school, and uh, I would love to be a teacher again. And uh, so as I started teaching these classes, I said, well, if you, if you teach the class, you don't have to do any of the work, and you get credit for it, and you could get another bachelor's. I thought, wait a second. So all I have to do is teach the class, don't have to write the papers, don't have to read the books, and I get credit for it? Hold on. Wait a second. Why hasn't school been like this my entire life? So I started teaching the classes, and uh, the schooling kind of winded down, and I was only a handful of credits away from getting my bachelor's, and they came to me and said, well, we're going to stop doing the school, but you can keep doing the schooling to get your bachelor's, but you're going to have to write the papers and read the books and do the work. Well, you're so close. Let's go ahead and do that. So I started working on those classes, and the guy who was overseeing the classes came to me, and he said, you know what? Actually, if you, if you do a little bit more writing and you read an extra book, you could actually get your master's. So why are you dangling that carrot in front of me? He said, well, let me show you that you're only like seven classes away from doing your master's. I said, wow, Cajun boy from Louisiana who can barely read and count without his shoes on. I mean, who knows 
he could get a master's. That'd be crazy. So before I moved here, I finished up and received my master's. And this is the first year, I know the year's not over, God, but let's hope so, first year that I haven't been in school, I haven't had to write a paper or read a book, and I don't know how long. I haven't had to teach. I haven't, I know, I know, we're, 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 we're tiptoeing the line here with God. He's going to dangle the doctorate in front of me soon. Um, but we're back to school now. And I want to I read a, a set of scriptures today and, and, and hopefully help you, and I'll be the teacher. Y'all get to take the notes and write the papers, and I'll get the credit for it. Luke chapter, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to find our passage today. Luke chapter 2, verses 46 through 47. Starting in verse 46, now so it was that after three days, they, being Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, found him, being Jesus, capital H, in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Mary and Joseph, they go to Jerusalem spend some time because of the, the seasons and uh, the, the festival that was going on. And they said, well, we're going to go back home. And they start leaving as the rest of the people from the festival and the seasons and the celebration leave. They think, well, Jesus isn't with me. I mean, if we as parents have this thought all the time, well, Noah's not with me, must be with Maddie. And here's Maddie over here. Well, Noah's not with me, must be with Jeremiah. Same thing happens. Mary and Joseph, Jesus isn't with me, he'll be with him. So they start traveling and they finally meet back up. They say, hey, where's, where's Jesus? Well, I don't know, I thought you had Jesus. I mean, God is the one who in, invested in us and gave us his one and only son, and you've lost the son of God. I could see Mary yelling at Joseph, you've lost the son of God. I thought we were in this together, we're married. No, 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 it's on you. Okay, well, uh, maybe God knows where he is. Let's, uh, let's just backtrack. And they start going back and, have you seen Jesus, son of God? No, not yet. Okay. Um, Jesus, do you know him? And they finally get back to the temple. <coughs> and it says he's sitting there among the teachers, among the men who have studied and know the scriptures. They know the prophetic words that have been spoken about the Messiah, and there's this young boy sitting there, and he's talking to them, and he's asking them questions, and verse 47 says that everyone is astonished at the questions that he's asking and the things that he's telling them. And as we go back to school today, I want to ask y'all just three questions that we can learn from this story, just like Jesus as he's sitting at the teacher's feet listening and asking them questions. The first question that I have for you today is, who are you listening to? Who are you listening to? We talk about this a lot because I think it's very important that we remind ourselves who are we listening to? Because there are so many voices that are around us right now. The radio's on, the news is on, sports is on, the kids, the spouse, the boss, the social media, the politicians, 
and the worst voice of them all, our own voice. And everybody's talking, and everybody's got an opinion. But I want you to know today that God is talking. God is always speaking. God is always saying something. So are we hearing it? Are we listening to it? In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, Paul is speaking to the church of Ephesus, and he says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of revelation, and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You see, Sometimes in our Christian walk, we have this idea that God is trying to hold things back from us. He's trying to hide things from us. That God is whispering secrets only to the pastor, and maybe one day God will speak through the pastor to you so that you can hear what he has to say. But this passage of scripture right here opens the floodgates of the possibility of what God wants to get to you. It doesn't say... If you've been in ministry for this amount of time, if you have pastor or doctorate or this many theological degrees, it doesn't say that you have to give this much to the church for God to speak to you. It doesn't say, that's not what the scripture says. It opens the door wide open for you to hear what he wants to say to you. And what he wants to say to you and give you is a spirit of wisdom. What are you listening to? I need wisdom in my life. I need wisdom when it comes to how am I going to run the church? How am I going to do this? How, I need wisdom when it comes to my relationship with my wife. Boy, do I need wisdom there. She says A, I say B. I actually say X. Well, I'm way out there. She says orange, and I say, that'd be awesome. I love apples. I need wisdom and revelation on how to raise my son, how to raise my daughter. I need wisdom and revelation how to manage my finances, how to take care of the things and the resources that God has already given me. The revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That maybe we've been taught or maybe we've heard that you've got to go on this pilgrimage to find out your calling. You've got to wait in the natural when it comes to inheritance. You've got to wait till somebody dies to give you an inheritance. I can't go to my parents and say, well, I want everything that's in your will. I'm, I'm ready for it. I need it. Well, no, it doesn't. I can't go to State Farm or whoever their life insurance policy is and say, hey, I'm, I'm on there. Like, I have a life insurance policy on me, and maybe Maddie has already done that, but she can't go to State Farm and say, I'm ready to cash that out. Was he, is he dead? Well, no. Well, not yet. But I'm ready for my inheritance now. It doesn't work that way, but there was a man who once was God who came down to earth, who already died 
And through his death, the inheritance is already available to you. Everything in the will and testament, the new covenant, is available to you. To his saints. Who are you listening to? 1 John 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides, where? In you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning a few things, one thing a month, all things. And is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. Well, I feel so far away from God. He's not talking to me. I don't hear his voice. I, I, I don't know what his voice sounds like. I, I don't. He's, he's never spoke to me. He spoke to me once 10 years ago, and he's given up on me. Well, this scripture says that he's going to teach you. And just as he teaches you, he's going to abide in you. We talked about this scripture last week. I didn't give it to you, but John 14, 26, so it won't be up here. But we talked about this last week. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. We talked last week about how it's so hard for me to remember what my own wife tells me. I could be in the room with Maddie, and she'll say, hey, when you go into the kitchen, can you bring back paper towels? And then I walk into the room empty-handed, of course. She'll say, well, I just told you to bring in. I can't even remember all the time what my wife, the one person that I love the most in the whole world, I can't even remember what she says to me sometimes. I try, but it doesn't work. God knows that already, and in the scripture, he says, you know what? The Holy Spirit who is inside you, the same spirit who rose Christ from the dead, he dwells inside of you. He's going to remind you of what Jesus said. So even in your struggles, even in your moments of, ah, I don't know what's going on, I can't hear anything, I don't know what, Jesus and the Holy Spirit are going to show up and say, hey, 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 remember, remember in the scriptures, he says, don't be fearful. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Hey, remember, don't be fearful. Perfect love cast out all fear. Who are you listening to? When I was in Bible school, we had all these teachers and all these classes, and people are recommending you got to take this guy and you got to go to her class, and that's the best class there. And so I started sitting in these classes and I started going to these classes, and I started realizing that some of the things that these teachers said, I didn't agree with. And for those who have been in Bible school, can probably attest to that, and Tommy as well, that you sit in with some of these teachers, and you can learn some things from them, but some things you're saying, nah, that doesn't line up with what I believe or what I say. And then there was other teachers that I sat in, where they spoke into my life, and I thought, oh wow, you're teaching me some things that I've never heard before. You're, you're showing me some revelation, you're showing me some truth. And a lot of those teachers would always go back to the scriptures. There were some teachers that would just teach their opinion. Well, I believe this, and I believe that. Like, where does that say that in the Bible? Where, I mean, I'm in Bible school, but you're not using the Bible. I don't, it's not computing. And then I would go to other classes, and all they would do was use the Bible. And those are the guys that I glean to. Those are the guys that I sat underneath. 
That's the Pastor Eric's. That's his father, Pastor John, who taught me. As when I had a question, I said, uh, what's this? I'm, I'm trying to listen, but I don't understand. He said, let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says, not what does this man say. It's what I do and what I strive to do as your pastor, as your teacher. It doesn't matter what my opinion is, but let's see what the Bible says. Let's see what God says. Let's go to the Word together. Let's learn together. Let's hear His voice together to help us grow. I can tell you all the self-help tips that are out there. Don't do this and don't do that and save here and give away here. But let me, let me go to the Bible and show you. Who are you listening to? You need to check what voices you are allowing into your life and who is teaching. You should be letting the Holy Spirit teach and guide you on what and who you should be listening to in your life. Me as your pastor standing up here every Sunday, I do not take it lightly in the words that I say that I try to be very specific in what I say, and the scriptures that I use. Because in the Bible, it, it puts a very, very uh, intense, I'm trying to think of the word to say, um, for people who are teaching, there are, there are very strong words <laughs> that are put in the Bible for those who teach other people. So I don't want to just teach my opinion. I don't want you, I don't want to be one of the people that you say, well, I probably shouldn't listen to that guy. I just want to bring the scripture to you. We need to, just like Jesus, as he sat there and listened to those teachers, look in our lives and see who we're listening to. Is God's voice the loudest in our lives? Is the news screaming louder? Is the doctor report screaming louder? Is the boss screaming louder? Is whatever relationship that's right in front of your face screaming louder? Because that is where you're going to be going in your life. And I want to hear God's voice the most in my life. I want to listen to who God is and what God is saying because I want my next step to be God-breathed. I want my next step to be God-empowered. I want my next step. I don't want to look back five years, ten years, fifteen years down the road and be like, who's that? Where am I? What steps have I taken in my life? Why am I here? God said, well, I, I told you to go that way. What? Well, he told you to go this way. We need, we need to get you here. We need you to do this. There's a calling. There's a purpose. There's a reason that you're here in this time with these people, at this job, in every step that I take, I want to hear God's voice. Who are you listening to? The second question that you need to be asking is what questions are you asking? We see in our primary passage, Jesus was sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking questions. Jesus was actively engaged. Not only was he just listening to what these teachers were saying, he was also asking questions to these teachers as well. And we in our lives, as we walk through these lives, yes, we should be listening to what God has to say, but we should also be talking with him and asking him questions. God, where should I go next? What should I do next? How can I fix this? How can we resolve this? 
what job should I go? What school should I go? Where should I put my kids in school? What, what, what? Jeremiah 33, 3, God speaks to Jeremiah while he's in prison. And Jesus, and God speaks to Jeremiah and says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. It's a beautiful scripture because, once again, we see the overabundance of who God is, the heart of God, of who he is, and what he wants to get to us. Because he could have ended, Jeremiah 33, with, call to me, and I will answer you. And would you believe that that's a good enough response for God? God being almighty, sitting on the throne, Managing the cosmos, creating universes, creating the cell, sitting on the throne. Jeremiah Land, little boy from Lake Charles, Louisiana. Hey, God. Hey, Jeremiah. That's good enough. That I mean, for him being God, there's millions and billions of people all throughout eternity. He's got a ton of stuff to do. Call to me, and I'll answer you. Hey, God. Hey, Jeremiah. Don't even say my full name. That's good enough. Yes, got an answer from God. But that's not who God is. Let's look at God and the overabundance heart of how much he wants to get to you, how close he wants to be to you. Because when you read this verse, it opens up the heart of the Father. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you some things, a couple things. No, I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Wow. Thank you, God. Thank you for opening your heart. Thank you for opening your kingdom. Thank you for being so open and vulnerable to allow me in to show me things, great and mighty things, and even things that I don't know from the simple step of me calling out to him. Scripture is a promise and a guarantee that he will answer you. He will show you great and mighty things. And he will show you things that you don't even know that you need to know. 1 John 4.1. This is John, the apostle who Jesus loves, writing, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. What questions are you asking? When someone speaks into your life, you've got a question, is that from God? Is that something that I should receive into my life? Hopefully as I'm preaching and as I'm teaching that you go back and you test the scriptures that that I'm preaching. I'm studying and I'm doing the best that I can, but I'm human as well. Even as I prepare sermons, I'll call Pastor Eric. I'll call Pastor John, I'll text Pastor John, I'll say, hey, I'm preaching this, preaching this passage. I'm looking at, talking about this, this, and this. Is this correct? Did I bring this truth out correctly? Is it wrong? Is it right? Am I overstretching it? Or am I just a complete heretic? Sometimes he'll say, well, you might be a heretic. (laughs) Don't preach that. And he'll say, you're right on. Preach that. Yes, sir. Thank you. I go and I have checks and balances that I'm trying to do to make sure that I'm bringing the correct things to you. That you're going to hear pastors and preachers, you can scroll through the dial on the radio and there'll be people just preaching on there. You pay enough money, you can get on the radio, you can say whatever you want. Everybody has a podcast, everybody has a radio station, everybody has a website. 
But just because it has church in front of it doesn't mean that it's always preaching the truth. We need to go out there and we need to ask questions. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. If you were ever in Awana, this was your theme verse. Be diligent to present yourself. Other versions say study to show yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Speaking to his son in the faith, Timothy. Study. Study to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But those who work out at SRS, you work out at this nuclear plant, you press the wrong button, boop, 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 uh-oh. You got to read the manual. You got you to gotta know, you got to go and talk to somebody. Hey, if I, if I press this button here, is the whole world going to blow up? Well, it's big and red and says, don't ever push. Oh, thank you for... Good thing I asked a question. Whenever we're younger and we're driving cars, there's a reason that you get that permit at 15. There's got to be another hopefully responsible adult that can drive to teach you how to drive. Hey, don't drive on that side of the road. I don't know why I went English right there, but I did. Um, hey, you can't hit that car. That's, that's not good. I literally have no idea why. Um, the brain is a wonderful thing. Um, that you have somebody with you that you can ask questions. Well, what's this do? Well, that's the gas. What's this do? That's the brake. That, that, that's the brake. No, push it softer. No, that's the, that's the brake. My son, who's four years old, is in the middle of that why phase. Oh, see? Oh. Why? I don't know why. I don't know. I... I but I've got to give an answer. It's, it's my job as the father to provide an answer to the son who's asking the question. It's not the son's. The son just has to ask the question. It's the father's job to answer that question. The other night we laid in bed, and my son said, Daddy, when the sun goes down, how does it turn into the moon to come back up? I said, well, your, mo your mother's going to come lay down with you in five minutes. You ask her that same question. <laughs> I'm going to hide in the covers, and we're going to find this out together. <laughs> science, science wasn't a strong suit. As I sat there and tried to explain to my son, I said, well, uh, I got a pillow. I said, well, this is the sun. I had a finger, and I was trying to explain, like, the earth rotates here, and then it rotates around the sun. And then I had like a Lego car that he was sleeping with. That's the moon, and it's going around. You try and explain it, okay? It's <laughs> so it's a real challenge. But why, Daddy? Why does the earth spin? Where's the sun? How's the sun turn into the moon? Well, it doesn't turn into the moon. There's two different. But it's not my son's job to answer the questions. It's the father's job. There's no question too big for you to ask the Father. It says that we can call him Abba Father. It's not my job to answer the question. It's his job. Me being the son just goes to him and asks the question. Hey, God, it says in your scriptures that by his stripes I'm supposed to be healed, but the doctor said this, why, why am I not healed? The scripture says this. The, the, the scripture says this. I, I've heard a preacher say this. 
but I'm not seeing it in my life, God. Why, 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 God? Why, God? Goes back to the first question of what are you listening to? Because God is ready. Call unto me and I will answer. Show you great and mighty things and things that you do not know. Why, God? Why does it do this? Why am I here? Why is, what's going on? I'll show you great and mighty things and the things that you're asking. If we're li- willing to listen, he'll give us the answer. What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What questions are you asking? Are you asking God and the Holy Spirit, your teacher, questions? Are you questioning your life compared to the scriptures? The Holy Spirit's name is teacher, is counselor, is helper. Let's lean into him. Ask those questions. He's more than willing to answer them. He's more than willing to answer the hard questions. The ones that you don't want to ask. The ones that you're holding deep inside your heart. Why did he do that to me so many years ago? Why did she hurt me the way that she did? Why did that financial decision fall apart? Why did that business fall apart? Why? Why, God? Sometimes if you open up that heart of yours and you open and ask those hard questions, all that's going to flood in is grace and peace and truth and love to restore that situation. Ask the questions today and be ready for the answers. The last thing that we have Is anyone astonished by your life? We see in the main passage, verse 47, all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. The word astonished there in the Greek, I'm not even going to pronounce it, E-X-I-S-T-E-M-I. Existemi. There we go. We tried it. E-X-I-S-T-E-M-I. Ex-stemi. Astonished, which means to amaze, to astonish, to throw into wonderment. Also means insane. Now this word is used several times throughout the scriptures, especially in Acts as the new church is being formed. Astonished. People were astonished. Acts chapter 2 verse 7. And they were all amazed and marveled, astonished, amazed, thrown into wonderment, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? This is when the Holy Spirit fell, Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, where all these people were room in one accord. They all started speaking in tongues. People outside the church could hear. And they knew that they were all local Willistons. And they knew they all had their accent. And they said, But I'm hearing them not speaking in Willistonian. They're speaking in something different. It says they were amazed. They were astonished. Acts chapter 9, verses 21 through 22. This is when the apostle Paul shows up. He was Saul. He was going out and he was killing all the Christians, the ones who were uh, teaching the way. Then all who heard were amazed, astonished, thrown into wonderment, and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. Verse 22, But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. 
that Saul had such a transformation to becoming the Apostle Paul that they were astonished at his life and said, wait, this guy was out there killing Christians. Now he's preaching, not against it, but for it, and he's proving the truth to us. Acts chapter 10, verses 44 through 46. This is when Jesus opens up salvation to the Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus. That's what opens the door for me, you, and everybody else to get in, Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still speaking these words, he was talking about the gospel to them, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. When I was in high school, we had an American history teacher, Alfred M. Barb High School, Lake Charles, Louisiana, one of the best teachers that I've ever had. Everybody loved her. Her name was Kirkendall, Miss Kirkendall. She, she taught junior year American history, and everybody wanted to be in her class. You had to take the class, so it didn't matter. You had to be there, but she was a phenomenal teacher. She loved America. Boy, did she love America, and she taught us. American history, and throughout the year, she would bring in current military people, retired military people, she brought in federal agents, and she'd bring them in, and they would just tell us stories. They'd tell us stories, in the, we were in the middle, September 11th had just happened, I remember there being a federal agent there, and it was, I guess, before cell phones, you know, crazy, see, um, but he had like it, like a hundred beepers on. He had like six beepers on. And he was talking about the different beepers and how they page him for different things. Well, this is this agency and this is this one. And this one was tied to the White House. And he says, this one's never gone off, this one beeper, this one pager, except for one day, September 11th. They start telling these stories. And I sat back there in the back part of the classroom and I listened to these soldiers tell stories. They brought back people who graduated from my high school who had gone overseas to Iraq and Afghanistan, already gone through two or three tours and were there speaking to us. People who had retired, been in the military forever telling stories, federal agents telling these stories. And I sat back there and I was amazed and astonished at their stories, that a human being could go through these things. These men and women could fight could go run into a building that was on fire, that was being shot up, to go and save someone, to put their life on the line, to do all these things. And at that point in time is when I decided that that was the route I was going to go. When I got into college, I was got a degree in criminal justice, was a corrections officer working in a prison. I got hired by the Border Patrol. I was trying to get into the Air Force, the same thing that David Peachy actually just retired from trying to get in there, because I was so affected by the stories that they were saying that I thought, I have to go live that life. I have to go live that crazy life that they're talking about. I can't just live a normal life. And then God got a hold of me and opened me up to a brand new world of astonishment, amazement, and quite frankly, the, the last definition, insanity, of being in ministry traveling and doing and going 
You need to have a faith-filled life that when you share your testimony, people are astonished at what God has done and what you have believed for in your life. There are testimonies throughout this congregation of healing, of restoration, of salvation, financial provision, freedom from depression, freedom from these things. It's your testimony. I was a part of walking through watching my mother-in-law be healed of cancer in a month's time. We've shared that testimony several times that happened earlier this year. I'm astonished by it. I mean, it's, it's amazing to see what happened in that month, that we, honestly, the family, could have fallen apart. We could have given up. We could have stopped. We could have taken it as a death sentence. But the faith that we stood on, the things that we stood on, I look back and I'm astonished by it. But Ms. Karen has a testimony that she can share with people that can amaze people. That we have test results that say there was cancer. And after the surgery we say, as eh, fatty cells that they can't even qualify as cancer. We have proof that shows that it was supposed to spread and it was spreading. No, it's not nowhere to be found. That we have testimonies that we should be able to share with people that should be able to astonish people. Quite frankly, we should have the world telling us, you are insane. You believe that there's a God in heaven who happened to have a son, his one and only son, that he saw a woman on earth and said, yeah, you're good. I'll use you. Hey, do you want to have my baby? And she said, yeah, let it be. God says, all right. Virgin birth, explain that to anybody. No, that's science right there, huh? You want to talk about a man who's never even heard of rain get told by God upstairs, hey, I need you to build a boat, really big one though, put all the animals in it, we're going to flood the whole earth. Uh, backtrack, just the whole thing. Let's, let's just start over. I'll teach you how to build a boat, don't worry. That we are a church that is sitting here today celebrating, looking insane, raising our hands, to in the natural is an invisible God, but in the spiritual realm is seated, who created the cosmos, who we believe his son is sitting at the right hand, and there's going to be a time frame where God says his heart will be full enough with everything that's happened in the world, and he's going to say, go and get my church. We believe the astonishment, the insanity, that one day we're all looking, even in our own tombs, we point them to the certain part of the sky, that those sky is going to split in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the sound of an archangel with a trumpet blaring, we will ascend on high. The dead in Christ will rise first. The dead in Christ, the people who have been martyred and chopped up and burned, thrown in a tomb, their ashes and dust, and somehow... The science experiment of the eternities is going to put all these people together and they're going to rise first and then us right here are going to meet them in the clouds. How quick that God's just going to gather up all the people, put them back together and here we go. Then we're going to go up to heaven, spend time with him. There are people that we believe that are out there right now that are hurting in pain and dying and going to a real place called hell. 
that we believe for the rest of eternity, if they don't believe that Jesus died for their sins according to the scriptures, was buried in a tomb, and rose again the third day before they die, that they will go to a literal place called hell. We will go to heaven. We will reign with him for eternity. New earth, new heaven. Insanity. The astonishment of what we believe. But that astonishment needs to be what we tell people. Let me tell you about my God who's healed me. Let me tell you about the God who brought my wife into my life. Let me tell you about the God who saved us, who restored us, who healed us. I was unemployed for 10 months, had no money at all, but God brought money in. Let me tell you about that God. I know it sounds insane, but let me astonish you and bring your faith up a little bit today and encourage you today. It's the same thing that we need to be doing with everyone we come in contact with. That as we talk to them and tell them about our God, that they walk away astonished. Can you believe what they said? What church do they go to? Can you believe the scriptures that they're standing on? The things that they're believing? Their, their life is falling apart. The doctor gave them that prognosis, but they aren't giving up. They said that God's going to heal them. Well, lo and behold, God healed them. Well, they said this. They said that. I, I've never heard the insanity of what they're saying. Draws us in and says, you know what? If he could do it for them, he'll do it for me. As we finish today, as you've come back to school, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Hopefully God is that number one voice that you're striving to listen to. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself and what you're saying. Are you speaking death over yourself? Are you speaking life over your family, over your marriage, over your children, over your household? What questions are you asking? Ask some questions to God. Talk to him this week. Ask some hard questions. See if he and the Holy Spirit don't show themselves mighty and answer those questions and show up in your life. And lastly, tell somebody. Tell somebody and astonish them with your testimony. Tell them about how good your God is. Tell them about how great he is, how he saved you, how he loved you, how his grace is so sufficient, how his mercies are new every morning, how his blood is just flowing over you and it's forgiving you of your sin, that God chooses not to remember my sins, but what he does choose to remember is the good things that I do for him. And one day he's coming back for me. One day he's coming back for this church. And even if I die before, it says to be absent from the body is to be present with my Abba Father. And I get to spend eternity with him. There's no more pain. There's no more death. There's no more anything. But you know what? As it is in heaven, I can also pray, let it be right here in earth in my life. Amen? Let's stand up as we get ready to go. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for bringing us back to school today, reminding us of some things, just like your son, Jesus, sitting at the feet of the teachers, as he asked questions, as he listened to those teachers. Father, help us listen today. Let us listen to who we're allowing into our lives, who's speaking into our lives to stop the negativity and to only bring the word of God into our lives, to ask questions. Father, help us ask a question this week. Put a question in our heart. Bring something to our mind that we can ask you, and as we have our personal time with you, as we study, as we read the scriptures, as we pray, as whatever we do throughout this week, Father, that we hear your voice as you answer that question. And Father, bring somebody across our path that we can leave astonished, that we can tell them how good our God is, that we can tell them that, yes, there's some insane things that happened in that book, 
but it is all true. It all happened 100%, and if it happened to those men and women, and God, you were faithful back then, then you'll be faithful right now in our lives. Now, Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now, and they're blessed in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that their body is the temple of the Most High God. Father, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes, their body is already healed. Father, I thank you that they are the salt and light of the earth, a city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. Father, use us this week to share your message. Father, bring your people back safely. Protect them. Cause them to prosper in everything they do this week. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you all next Sunday. Take care, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.